Hey guys, what's going on? Welcome to another edition of the Sambacel Podcast on the Ambiguous Network. And right now, I'm going to be bringing you the latest and greatest going on around the world of Hollywood. It's that time of the year. The Golden Globes are here this Sunday at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on NBC. They will be premiering the Golden Globes, the 77th annual Golden Globe Awards presented by the Hollywood Foreign Press Association. Also kicks this year's award season into a whole other gear as it is a shorter award season as the Academy Awards are on February 9th this year, a week after the Super Bowl as the Oscars are usually the last weekend of February to give people enough time to digest the movies that are nominated and then present them on the last weekend of February. But that's besides the issue. We're going to get into all that in just a little bit. I'll be giving my predictions on both the film side and also the television side as the Hollywood Foreign Press does both with the Golden Globes with more emphasis on the film side of things as we kick into Academy season. But the first thing I do want to get into is last night's box office, which was the first official preview night of the new year of 2020. And just like I mentioned yesterday in my preview of this weekend, the only film that's coming out that's a wide release is The Grudge, a remake of a Spanish film that was remade as an American film, is now getting the remake treatment again. And I guess people are looking for some horror in the new year or seeing what films are going to be coming out in the new year. And even though it has an 18% on Rotten Tomatoes, people came out to see this one as it made $1.8 million on its preview night. Right now, according to Variety and a lot of other box office pundits, it is set to make $9 million this weekend, which for its budget, which is at $10 million, would be a very big win for The Grudge as it seems like people want this movie to come out right now or people are just looking for some horror after getting a lot of holiday cheer and a lot of holiday treatment. So that could be the reason as to why we're getting this kind of box office projection for The Grudge. For the rest of the box office, though, it seems like Star Wars and Jumanji are projected to dominate this weekend once again in the holdover category. Star Wars projected to make around $36 to $38 million, with Jumanji the next level set to make around $27 million. The next level stars The Rock, Kevin Hart, Cara Gillen, Jack Black, and The Rise of Skywalker, directed by J.J. Abrams, stars the return of Daisy Ridley, Oscar Isaac, John Boyega, and the post era of Carrie Fisher in not having her there, but she is in the movie along with Mark Hamill and Driver as well. Guys, what do you think of the Thursday box office? Let me know what you think down below in the comment section and leave your thoughts. Now, with that out of the way, like I said at the top, the rest of this episode is going to be dedicated towards my predictions for this year's Golden Globes, the 77th annual Golden Globe Awards presented by the Hollywood Foreign Press Association. It is on a telecast on NBC at 8 p.m. Eastern Time on Sunday, January 5th. And we're getting out of the gates right away. This is, again, a very condensed Oscar season with the Oscars coming out on February 9th. And the nominations for the Oscars are on January 13th. Voting started yesterday for the Oscars, so people will be looking at what happens on the Golden Globes on Sunday night to, to get an instance for what the room is, what the gauge is with award season in a lot of these films, because I always look at the Golden Globes, and a lot of prognosticators get this right, and this is true in the fact that the Golden Globes aren't the best predictors of what's going to win on Oscar night, but what the Golden Globes do I think well is give a gauge of what the feels going to look like with the nominations and it could help set momentum going forward. But other than that, 
with regards to the momentum and a, a gauge of what the big picture is going to look like, it doesn't do a whole lot in. If you were to go to go on what the Golden Globes offer, you don't want to go off of that for your predictions. You want to go off the SAGs. You want to go off the DGA, the WGA awards that come out in the next few weeks. The, the, the SAGs are on January 20th this year. Those are a big indicator for what the acting categories are going to look like or who will win come Oscar night from the acting categories and the directing and the PGA for your best picture potential winner nominations. But those, the DGA, WGA, and PGA haven't announced their nominations yet, so we don't know what that field is going to look like. When it comes to regards for the SAGs, we do have an idea of what, what that field is looking like, but that's for another another episode when we get to the actual SAG Awards in the next few weeks. When it comes to the the Golden Globes, there's... They, they categorize them in best picture, they categorize in best drama, and best musical and comedy. So you get a lot more variety of different films that come out that you wouldn't really suspect to get a lot of notice when it actually comes time for Oscar season. When it comes time for, say, something like a Knives Out or a Rocketman or Dolomite Is My Name might not get the same consideration that maybe they would get in for the Oscars as they're getting right now for the Golden Globes. But... If they do win or they get a lot of momentum going forward for somebody like an Eddie Murphy, then it could help him going forward for a potential Best Actor nomination or nominations across the board for Dolomite Is My Name. It's just an example, but before I get into any of the film categories, I do want to run through the television categories real quick. Because the Emmys have come out, there's not a lot of stakes riding on predicting what comes after but I do think that if you're looking for a ballot and looking to get a perfect ballot or a near-perfect ballot, it's good to have uh, an indication of what could potentially win down the line for television. So I'm going to go run through those categories real quick. So here we go, the television categories. We're going to start out with Best Limited Series or TV Movie. The nominations are Catch-22, Chernobyl, Fosse Verdon, The Loudest Voice, and Unbelievable from Netflix. Now, there's all, all these shows are fantastic, but there, there, there are a bunch of of variables going into this into this category, into especially into these Golden Globes in general. One, especially on the TV side, you don't have when they see us nominated, which is about the Central Park Five from Ava DuVernay that was on Netflix. That was a big player at the Emmys this past September, and it's nowhere to be seen here for the Golden Globes, and I think that would be the perennial favorite for this category, but I think the one everyone should be looking at is Chernobyl. Chernobyl, to me, is the the winner for this category. It is one of the best television shows of last year. It's one of the best television shows, I think, in the last few years, especially for a limited series and chronologically and showcasing this event that happened that people might know about and they know the basic history, but this film goes really into the the in-depth look of of Russian government and secrets and espionage, and I think it's it's a very interesting story of of silencing and of 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 containment, and I think it, it's very interesting. So I think that's going to be the winner. Personal choice, I think the loudest voice should be in consideration. The film about Roger Ailes and his uprising and downfall at Fox News. I think that's a a show that deserves a lot of recognition, but I just think the buzz is going more towards Chernobyl to win this category. And then moving on to Best Actress in a Supporting Role for Television, the nominees are Patricia Arquette for The Act, 
Hella Bonham Carter for The Crown, Tony Collette for Unbelievable, Meryl Streep for Big Little Lies, and Emily Watson for Chernobyl. Now, I think the one, the, the, the perennial favorite in this one is going to be Meryl Streep, and that's the one, that's the person that I have winning this award. I think if there's one person that could potentially be an upset or a dark horse in this race, it has the chance to be Patricia Arquette for the act, the story about the a, a girl whose mother was was carrying out this disease that wasn't connected and a very obsessive mother. I think the fact that she does an incredible job in that role deserves some look at, but I think Meryl Streep is going to win this award for Big Little Lies for the performance that she gave. The buzz is, is high around her, and the Golden Globes love Meryl Streep. They love the 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 star power she brings that that she can bring put people in seats when watching the Golden Globes and that's what the Golden Globes are as well it, it's a big party it's you they go for the stars as well for the quality and a lot of these and a lot of the art that is presented in both these shows and these films as well but I think Mel Streep is due to get another Golden Globe this time for television in her role in Big Little Lies. Going to Best Supporting Actor in a television show, the nominees are Alan Arkin, The Convincing Mesquid, Kieran Culkin for Succession, Andrew Scott for Fleabag, Stellan Skarsgård for Chernobyl, and Henry Winkler for Barry. A lot of great talented actors in this category, but I think the one that has been gaining a lot of momentum, not just for this category, but overall in the television landscape of award season, has been Fleabag. So I'm going to give Andrew Scott that award for Fleabag. You're going to be hear, hearing that name a lot in the next few minutes when I'm going through the rest of these shows. Now moving on to Best Actress in a Limited Series or TV Movie. The nominees are Catelyn Dever for Unbelievable, Joey King the Act, Helen Mirren for Catherine the Great, Nerit Weaver for Unbelievable, and Michelle Williams for Fosse Veriden. And to me, this is a no-brainer as well. This is going to be Michelle Williams winning this award for Fosse Veriden. She won the... Emmy for Best Actress in a Limited Series. She seems to have a lot of the momentum going forward right now. So Michelle Williams, I think, will be on that stage accepting the Golden Globe for Best Actress in a Limited Series. Moving on to Best Actor in a Limited Series, television movie, the nominees are Christopher Abbott for Catch-22, Sasha Baron Cohen for The Spy, Russell Crowe for The Loudest Voice, Jared Harris for Chernobyl, and Sam Rockwell for Vasi Veriden. Again, another one in which if this was, if When They See Us was nominated, I think Gerald Jerome would be the runaway favorite. But because When They See Us was not nominated in this category, I think going forward for the Globes not, not to nominate I think is very interesting. But looking at the rest of this category, Jared Harris to me is the, the front runner to win this award. But I think if you want to find a sleeper, somebody to look at a little bit closer... I think Russell Crowe might have a legit chance to win this award as well. He is, if you watch The Loudest Voice, he is the main draw to that show. He is he is seductive as Roger Ailes. He is, he is it's dark, he's creepy, and he, he has such a wide range of emotions in which he can be so charismatic and then all of a sudden turn it off and be this sadistic, corrupt individual that has all the power in the world and i think he russell russell crowe does a phenomenal job as russell ale uh, as uh excuse me roger ailes so he's the one i think to really look out for it's great to see sasha Baron cohen in this category i haven't seen the spy yet but i've heard very good things about it and that he is very good in the role in the lead role in spy but jared harris i think would be the person to jot down but if you're having a little bit of doubt as for jared harris in that role i would go for russell crowe as a potential upset for this 
category. Moving on to Best Actress in a Musical or Comedy, the nominees are Christina Applegate for Dead to Me, Rachel Bronson for The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, Kristen Dunst for On Becoming a God in Central Florida, Natasha Lyonne for Russian Doll, and Phoebe Waller-Bridge for Fleabag. And again, while a lot, the, Gold, the Golden Globes love to select a very hot new television show that's going on, they also like to select something that's been gaining momentum for a long time. And Fleabag is just one of those tour de forces right now that it's been around for a little bit, but it just seems to be winning everything and clicking on all cylinders. So I think... Again, the reason I chose Andrew Scott for Fleabag is because Fleabag is just on a tear right now. So everything that Fleabag categorically is in right now, I would just check everything off the box for Fleabag because I think it is on a, it's just a tank right now that is running over everything and there's no stopping it right now. So I would put Phoebe Waller-Bridge as for Fleabag for Best Actress in a Musical or a Comedy. Moving on to Best Actress in a Drama, the nominees are Jennifer Aniston for The Morning Show, Olivia Coleman for The Crown, Jodie Comer for Killing Eve, Nicole Kidman for Big Little Lies, and Reese Witherspoon for The Morning Show. Now, The Morning Show is that show that seems to be the, the, the new kid on the block that the Golden Globes love looking at and love giving some love towards. And I think Jennifer Aniston might be a dark horse to win this award. Who wouldn't want to see Jennifer Aniston on that stage and kind of come back in, in television after being off since Friends when that when that premiered years and years ago? But I do think that Olivia Coleman will win this award for The Crown. I've heard very good things about taking over the role for that for what Claire Foy did in The Crown for the first two seasons. And so I think she will win for playing the Queen. But I think another potential dark horse. Really, the runner-up would be Jodie Comer for Killing Eve. I think that is a, a show that has had a lot of momentum going forward. So definitely put Olivia Coleman down as a front-runner. But the dark horse, I would have Jennifer Anderson with the runner-up being Jodie Comer for Killing Eve. Now moving on to Best Actor in a Musical or Comedy. The nominees are Michael Douglas for The Kaminsky Method, Bill Hader for Barry, Ben Blatt for The Politician, Paul Rudd for Living With Yourself, and Ramsey Youssef for Rami. I think this one is another runaway in which, again, momentum going forward. Bill Hader won the Emmy for this. He's won a bunch of other awards for his role as just being a creator, producer, and star of Barry. So I think right now, all signs are pointing to Bill Hader winning the Golden Globe for Barry. Moving on to Best Actor in a Drama, the nominees are Brian Cox for Succession, Kit Harrington for Game of Thrones, Rami Malek for Mr. Robot, Tobias Menenzis for The Crown, and Billy Porter for Repose. This is one that I was going back and forth on because, again, when we talk about momentum going forward, Billy Porter won the Emmy for Pose. Game of Thrones is a surprise omission from the television category. Kit Harrington is the only nomination for that show, but I don't think he has the momentum going forward to win that award. Rami Malek won last year in the film category for playing, he played Freddie Mercury in Bohemian Rhapsody, and Tobias McKenzie, he's, he takes over from Matthew Smith, Matt Smith from The Crown, but I do think going forward, it's between Brian Cox and for Succession and Billy Porter. But I would put Brian Cox in that role. He's just so incredibly well done in that show. So I would put him as the winner for Best Actor in a Drama. Moving on to Best TV Series, Musical, or Comedy. The nominees are Barry, Fleabag, The Kaminsky Method, The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, and The Politician. Again, like I said, for Phoebe Waller-Bridge and Andrew Scott, 
if flea bag is on this docket is in this category you check the box of flea bag it is just it is it's a tank. It's rolling through everything right now. People are just on the hype train for Phoebe Waller-Bridge, and I think there's no stopping this show for winning out and really just sweeping every category that it is in when it comes to television. So Fleabag should be checked off of your box for best TV series, music, or comedy without any notion whatsoever. Now moving on to the final category in the television section of the Golden Globes. The nominees are Big Little Lies, The Crown, Killing Eve, The Morning Show, and Succession. Now, this is another one where the Golden Globes could give it to a newcomer, a, a, a new kid on the block in The Morning Show. They've done it a lot. I remember when Mr. Robot came out and Rami Malek and that show where it was all the praise and all the hype. Game of Thrones, Killing Eve was that show last year. But I think this year, I think they're going to go back to a show that they gave a, a globe to Claire Foy for. And that is for The Crown. I think this new iteration of this show with all this new cast to be able to see this this method that Netflix has wanted to do and the showrunners wanted to do with the show, to see the transition between actors and actresses that transition through the ages and through the times of the show, it seems like it's paid off very well. So I think for the ambition alone, I think The Crown will win this award. Big Little Lies, it won years ago when it was on best for Best Limited Series, and it won a, a whole bunch of awards. So I think it, it's had its time, and I think The Crown will be taking those that award for Best TV Series in a Drama. You guys, what do you think of all these television categories? Which ones are you looking forward to? What do you think any of these shows that I mentioned are going to win? Is there a dark horse? Is there a potential runner-up that you're looking at that could snag these awards? Let me know what you think down below in the comment section and leave your thoughts. Now the time has come for the big awards to come for the Golden Globes, the one that everyone looked forward to, a lot of Oscar prognosticators, including myself. This is the one that everyone's going to be looking forward to with suspense and ease, and that is the film categories for the Golden Globes. And now looking back at last year, the, the two major winners for Best Musical and Best Picture in a Drama were Green Book won Best Drama and Bohemian Rhapsody won for Best Musical and Comedy. And that's, again, we talk about momentum. It's not a big predictor for what could come in the Oscars, but it, it could invoke momentum. And Bohemian Rhapsody didn't really have a lot of momentum until it started winning a lot of awards at the Globes. And Rami Malek won the Golden Globe for Best Actor, and then he started winning the SAG, then he went on to win the Oscar. And so it can the Golden Globes can help change momentum and shift the tide in a lot of these conversations. That's what it can do, and that's why it's a big indicator for a lot of people when they look at betting on the Oscars and what could get nominated and what could potentially come win when it comes to this year on February 9th of 2020. So to start off now, I'm going to start small and then go into the big awards to end this podcast. So we're going to start off with Best Music Original Song. The nominees are Beautiful Ghost from Cats, I'm Gonna Love Me Again from Rocketman, Into the Unknown from Frozen 2, Spirit from The Lion King, and Stand Up from Harriet. Now, I think there's a few potential winners in this category I think Into the Unknown, I, I love that song. It's one of my favorites from the new soundtrack of Frozen 2, but I don't think it's the tour de force. And I really, when you look at a lot of these these songs, there's not one huge, big no-brainer. Like last year when Shallows was up, that was the no-brainer that's going to win all the awards whenever it's up for Best Original Song. 
this year there's not really something quite like that, like a Let It Go or a Shallows. But th- there's a few that could potentially win it, and I think this is this win for Rocketman is going to be the start of a good night for them at the Golden Globes. I think it's going to win. I'm going to love me again. I wouldn't be surprised, though, if a runner-up could be Spirit, getting Beyonce up on that stage and having her accept an award would be something. So I think those are the two to look at, but I would check off I'm going to love me again winning for Rocketman. That was a, a film that I think a lot of the uh, the HFPA, I think, is really liking. They, they nominated for it for a bunch of awards. So I think that is one they're going to give it to. They have Elton John there as well. He was one of the creators for that song. I think they're going to go for that film as well. Moving on to Best Original Score, the nominees are Alexandre Desplat for Little Women, Hildur Gutenberg for Joker. I'm sorry I'm sorry for some of these names if I don't get them right, but if, if you guys want to let me know in the comment section how to smell them out, let me know. Randy Newman for Marriage Story, Thomas Newman from 1917, and Daniel Pemberton for Motherless Brooklyn, which I think is a very nice surprise. I love the music from the score to the songs that are on there for Motherless Brooklyn. This is another category that I haven't seen 1917 personally, but from what I hear, the technical achievements on that film are incredible. The score is amazing, and it seems like it's a lot to win this award. But for me personally, I think one to really look out for that could be a dark horse that could win this award to look at is Joker. I think the Joker score is one that really becomes a character with the movie that the way that it's it's haunting but graceful and it just it's it's such an incredible score. It crescendos at the right time. It's very nuanced when it needs to be. It's it's so incredible that I think that is a score to look at and could potentially run the tables and win that for best original score. Coming into the acting categories now, and we're going to start off with... Actually, we're going to leave the, the acting categories until... I'll get through all the acting categories all at once in, in a big bunch. So I'm going to go to Best Animated Feature first. So we're going to get Best Animated Feature out of the way. The nominees for that category are Frozen 2, How to Train Your Dragon, The Hidden World, The Lion King, Missing Link, and Toy Story 4. This is a year that, despite last year in which Incredibles 2 seemed to have all the momentum and then Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse came in, rightfully so, and snatched away all the awards accolades, I think this year Disney gets back on track. They have the two frontrunners to win this award throughout award season, but I think this is the beginning of Toy Story 4's domination throughout award season. It is one of my honorable mentions for last year. It's on a lot of people's favorite films of last year, and I think the Hollywood Foreign Press Association will award this film for what it has done, the 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 stakes that this film had, and just the beautiful messages and the, and the humor and the emotion that Toy Story 4 had. I give it the win for Best Animated Feature. Going into Best Foreign Film now, the nominees are The Farewell from the U.S., Les Miserables from France, Pain and Glory from Spain, Parasite from South Korea, and Portrait of a Lady on Fire from France. I've heard all great things about these films, but the one that is a surefire bet throughout award season is Parasite winning this award. Bong Joon-ho, if it doesn't win any big Best Picture wins, it is definitely a lock for Best Foreign Film. So you don't even have, you don't have to look at any of these other films. If you just see Parasite on the ballot, put Parasite down to win this award. That it's a surefire bet to for anybody that is looking to score on the ballot sheets come Golden Globes night. Now moving on to the acting categories, and we're going to start out now with Best Supporting Actress, and the nominees are Kathy Bates for Richard Jewell, Annette Bening for The Report, 
Laura Dern for Marriage Story, Jennifer Lopez for Hustlers, and Margot Robbie for Bombshell. This is a category that is very much up in the air. A lot of people might think, well, Sam, Laura Dern seems like she has a lot of the momentum. And I agree, she has a lot of momentum going forward, but I think this could potentially be the start of the turn of the tide for Jennifer Lopez getting a lot of awards buzz. And I think this is the night that Jennifer Lopez will go up on that stage and be a Golden Globe Award recipient, award-winning recipient for her role in Hustlers. I think Laura Dern is the second best performance on this sheet. I think Jennifer Lopez rules this category. She was the best performance, I think, given all in this category. She, she gave, I think, the best performance out of this category. I think the momentum for Jennifer Lopez hasn't gone away. The buzz hasn't gone away. And so I, I think she gave the better performance from Laura Dern personally. I still think Laura Dern might be the front runner for the Oscar, but I think right now the tide is shifting a little bit and it's more of a 50-50 split between Dern and Lopez. And I think we're going to see J-Lo, the singer, dancer, Jenny from the block, getting up on that stage and winning for Best Supporting Actress for Hustlers. Now moving on to Best Actor in a Supporting Role, the nominees are Tom Hanks for A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood, Anthony Hopkins for The Two Popes, Al Pacino for The Irishman, Joe Pesci for The Irishman, and Brad Pitt for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. This to me is one of those locks that is becoming more and more fortuitous now, in which Brad Pitt seems to have this category on lock and, and hold, really. I think he is one of the best parts of Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Everyone seems to quote his lines. Everyone wants to be him. I know a few people that were him for Halloween. He just, what the, the way that Brad Pitt just oozes charisma as... Cliff Booth in in this in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is incredible, and Brad Pitt just does that on on a daily basis. But I think that to just do that on screen and to be a likable person with a kind of like a a a a a look back kind of background in which you might not it, it might be a little iffy to see what he's done in the past, but just what he does in the present in the movie, I think you just love what he does, he's just charismatic, he's incredible, he's insane, and you love, especially the last 30 minutes, I think are really, what really deliver it, and I, I I think he is going to win this award. If I had to pick somebody that could upset him, it would be Al Pacino and the Irishman, I love, I thought Al Pacino was the best part of the Irishman, even though I thought De Niro and Pesci were phenomenal, I think what Pacino does in the Irishman, he just injects this adrenaline into the movie that just picks up right away and and that's just telling of how great of an actor he really is and so i think he he would be my personal favorite i just think that it's going to happen throughout all the award season it's going to be pacino and pesci in that slot and kind of like what happened last year with the favorite with rachel weiss and emma stone they're probably going to be end up splitting the votes and people are going to like pesci one way but some people like might like might like might like pacino and it's going to allow somebody like a Brad Pitt to kind of come out of there and be the winner for Best Supporting Actor. So I would put down Brad Pitt to win this award for Best Supporting Actor. Moving on now to the Best Actress category, and we're going to go to Musical Comedy first. So the Best Actress Musical Comedy nominees are Ana de Armas for Knives Out, Aquafina for The Farewell, Kate Blanchett in Where'd You Go, Bernadette, Beanie Feldstein for Booksmart, and Emma Thompson in Late Night. And to me, this is the craziest category in terms of 
when the nominees came out, I was shocked to see Kate Blanchett and Emma Thompson on there. I mean, they're incredible actresses, and I think the roles that they're given, especially Emma Thompson, she was great in Late Night. But there's they're they're not nothing else is nominated for any anything else for these films. I love Honor to Aramis in Knives Out. She would be my personal pick, but I do think that personal picks aside, I think Aquafina has this category lock and key. She is phenomenal in the farewell. She brings a sense of levity, but at the same time a sense of heartbreak and emotion and what she's dealing with in and wanted to tell her grandmother that she's dying, but in the Chinese heritage, they don't want that. They want her to go out peacefully and and, and be and have fond memories instead of just being dreary and droughtful. And and in the American way, and she and you want to tell people the truth and tell them what they're going through. But and so she's fighting between these two things. And so I think it's a great nuanced performance that I think Aquafina is going to win the award for best actress in a musical or comedy. Now moving on to Best Actress in a Drama, the nominees are Cynthia Revo for Harriet, Scarlett Johansson for Marriage Story, Saoirse Ronan for Little Women, Charlize Theron for Bombshell, and Renee Zellweger for Judy. Now this is a, a category that is dominated by a lot of people that have been in biopics that have played historical figures or popular figures like Cynthia Revio playing Harriet Tubman, Charlize is playing Megyn Kelly, and Renee Zellweger is playing Judy Garland. And right now, the runaway favorite to win this award has to be Renee Zellweger for Judy. She has been just carrying all the momentum going forward. The one that I would think would really, I think would be a shock if she didn't win, I think she is, she makes the, sh- the movie Judy. I think without her, the movie is, a, is an okay film, but her performance is powerful, it's dynamic. The songs that she sings, even though they're from Garland's discography, she she performs them flawlessly. You think you are watching Judy Garland on stage. It's heartbreaking. It's breathtaking. It's incredible. If there were two other actor actresses in this category that I would say hold your horses for Renee not winning, to me is Charlize Theron for Bombshell. I think she she's uncanny as Megyn Kelly. She is just flat out uncanny, and I think Scarlett Johansson brings this incredibly heartbreaking, nuanced performance in Marriage Story, but I just think there's not a lot of momentum going forward for her right now. I think her performance is incredible. She has a few Oscar-worthy moments in that movie that are just lights out incredible, and she's, to me, she is the dark horse, so she is one to definitely look at, and if you don't want to make a decision just now on the Oscar ballot, I think those are the three to really look at with Renee Zellweger being the frontrunner to win this award. I think right now it could potentially be that she's already won an Academy Award and Charlize has already won, so maybe that cancels those two out and maybe Scarlett Johansson is able to run out of the gates and win the Golden Globe and potentially start gaining momentum for the SAGs and for the Oscars going forward. But I think it's going to be very interesting, but I think right now, because of the momentum going forward, Renee Zellweger is the performance that I would choose to check off the ballot for Best Actress in a Drama. Moving on to Best Actor in a Musical or Comedy, the nominees are Knives Out, Daniel Craig in Knives Out, Roman Griffin Davis for Jojo Rabbit, Leonardo DiCaprio for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, Taron Egerton for Rocketman, and Eddie Murphy for Dolomite Is My Name. Now, I wouldn't really, I think Daniel Craig, it's great to have him in there, Roman Griffin Davis, great to have him in there, but it really comes down to a three-leg race between Leo, Taron, and Eddie Murphy, with really Leo looking on the outside looking in. It really becomes a two-legged race between Taron Egerton and Eddie Murphy. Now, I wouldn't. I think the last few weeks 
have seen a shift in the momentum for Eddie Murphy and Dolomite is my name. I think having him be a big factor in this award season is huge. The kind of comeback that he's been having, the 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 the, the critical buzz that he's been getting for Dolomite playing Rudy Ray Moore has been just absolutely incredible. The fact that he's just able to show off this great charisma and just be funny and nuanced but serious at the same exact time, I think is is incredible. But I do think there has been a shift also in Taron Egerton getting a lot of buzz as well. And he is also nominated for a SAG Award. So I think this is the beginning of a resurgence for Rocketman, which kind of teetered out a little bit after a lot of the festivals started going in September and October and August, and which just lost a lot of momentum because it came out so early in 2019. But I do think that Rocketman is gaining some momentum back. So right now, I think... Again, it's a, it's a heartbreaking, funny, emotional performance that Taron Egerton gives. I think I would have put him down as my favorite to win this category. But as a runner-up, I would not be surprised if Eddie Murphy won this award as well. I think the, it's a race between these two to win this category right now. And I would have put Taron Egerton as my number one spot to win this award. Now, going into the final acting category of the Golden Globes is Best Actor in a Drama. And the nominees are... Christian Bale and Ford v. Ferrari, Antonio Banderas for Pain and Glory, Adam Driver for Marriage Story, Joaquin Phoenix for Joker, and Jonathan Price for The Two Popes. Now, this is a category, and honestly, overall, and I think the best actor race, it's great to see Christian Bale on here. It's great to see Antonio Banderas on here, Jonathan Price as well. Great actors, great performances. And I think Christian Bale is my favorite part of Ford v. Ferrari, and I think he deserves to get a nomination for that fifth spot in in the Oscar race. But in the end, this award season, it's a two-legged race between Joaquin Phoenix and Adam Driver in Marriage Story and Joker. I think what's, what's so interesting about this is that in 2008, when Heath Ledger tragically passed away and, and left everyone's lives, he gave a tour de force performance as the Joker, in which he was honored for that. Now, you can always ask the question, would he have won that award if he was still alive? Would he have still gotten the award season buzz? It's one of the greatest performances of all time, the greatest villain performance of all time in a comic book movie. With Joaquin Phoenix, what he delivers as Arthur Fleck, is something different, and you can't even compare the two. Even though a lot of people want to compare Heath Ledger and Joaquin Phoenix's performances, there's two completely different performances. And I think what Joaquin Phoenix does is he commands the screen from beginning to end, and you are just infused from the very beginning of his performance. With and, and but and I think people might be worried that because it's a, even though it's a gritty comic book movie, it's still a comic book movie based off of a comic book villain. And will awards pro and will will the Hollywood Foreign Press, will the Academy look at that favorably for Joaquin Phoenix? Or will they look at something more nuanced and tragic and human in Adam Driver's performance in Marriage Story? Which I think is an incredible performance as well, which is why I agree in the fact that it is a two-legged race between these two incredibly fierce actors. But if I had to give the leg, I was I'm so torn about this right now. That I, it could go either way, and it could, it's going to go like that. I think throughout award season, and I think right now, if I had to give the performance, I think Adam Driver is just incredible. He was incredible in Marriage Story. He, as much as I like Laura Dern, and I and I think she was very good. It to me, it was between Adam Driver and Scarlett Johansson who carry that movie as they should, in the, as the two leads. And Scarlett Johansson is incredible. 
But what Adam Driver does in this film is heartbreaking. It's 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 funny at some times. It's humorous, but it's 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 inspiring, but heartbreaking at the same time. When he has that fight scene with with Scarlett, it, it it's heartbreaking. But and 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 when he sings "Being Alive," it's it's heart wrenching. It's gut wrenching. But I just think what Joaquin does with Joker is just so much more immersive and so much more. It, it, it you're just locked in from beginning to end, and he does that, and you don't you're not taken off the screen anytime soon. So I think. I have to go with Joaquin Phoenix's Joker. Joaquin Phoenix is might be the guy that wins the Golden Globe, and maybe that shifts the tide, and maybe he wins the SAG. It's going to come down, I think, to who you want to predict for the Oscars. It's going to come down to the SAG. If Adam Driver wins the SAG award, it's gonna he should be the favorite going into the Oscars. If Joaquin Phoenix wins the Oscar uh, wins the SAG, he should be the favorite going into the Oscars. But it's gonna be it's a two sided coin. It's a, it's, it's a two-legged race between these two to win the award, and I would be fine with any of them winning, but I think what Joaquin Phoenix does in Joker is just on another level incredible, and he deserves this award for Best Actor in a Drama. Now, moving on to Best Screenplay. This is both adapted and original, so there's no specific category for either one, kind of like how the Oscars do, Best Original and Best Adapted. The screenplay category for the Golden Globes is encased into one. So it's adapted and original screenplays as well. So here we go. The nominees for Best Screenplay are Noah Baumbach for Marriage Story, Bong Joon-ho and Hong Jin-won for A Parasite, Anthony McCarradine for The Two Popes, Quentin Tarantino for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and Steven Zalen for The Irishman. Now, I think... The Parasite script is is remarkable. It's incredible for the undertones and the points that he, that Bong is trying to make in the film. Quentin Tarantino is Quentin Tarantino, and what he does is Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. It's a fun, incredible, zangy ride that he delivers us on in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. And Steven Zalian does, I think, an incredible job with the undertones and the lessons he makes in The Irishman. But I think what... Noah Baumbach does in Marriage Story with his script is remarkable between focusing on the personal story between these two, this couple, and the, the process of divorce, and how, but they still love each other in different ways, and they still want to be together for their kid. But they also talk about an existential crisis, an, exist, an existential pull between living in New York and living in L.A. And, and, and the different lives that these people live and the different lifestyles that LA and New York have go hand in hand together. And I think it's great representation for that. And I also think that Noah Baumbach, I have a feeling he might not get a best directing nomination at the Oscars. And I think if a lot of these bodies want to award Marriage Story, it's going to be in the screenplay category and for Noah Baumbach because he is the writer for this film. So I think right now the front runner to win this award is Noah Baumbach for Marriage Story. I think he there is going to be a time there's, they want to recognize Marriage Story, and I think the screenplay is the recognition that it will it, sh- it it will get and deserves to get because I think that is the strength. It's in the acting, and it's in and because of the acting, it's because of the screenplay. It's the acting, and so you got to look at the screenplay for the incredible work that Noah Baumbach did in that script. So I think that is going to win Best Screenplay. With a potential dark horse being Parasite, which I think Parasite could potentially sweep all the award categories that it's in. And all the categories that it's in, it has potential to really sweep all of them. And that leads into the next category that I look at, and that is for Best Director. And so before I get into who I think will win it, let me just read out the nominations for 
Best Director, and the nominees are Bong Joon-ho for Parasite, Sam Mendes for 1917, Todd Phillips for Joker, Martin Scorsese for The Irishman, and Quentin Tarantino for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Now, again, in the beginning of awards season, Martin Scorsese and, and QT were the, the two frontrunners to potentially win this award. I like to see Todd Phillips getting some love for Joker, and if I was filling out a personal ballot, I might have him. I would love to see him upset everybody and take home that award. I think he did a great job in Joker. I haven't seen 1917 yet. From, from what I hear, Sam Mendes does a great job in that direction as well. But I think the tie is shifting to the buzz of Parasite and specifically what Bong Joon-ho does for this film. He does a master job directing this movie, and he deserves all the accolades. And I think if you had to put down a... I think this is soon to become a surefire bet for him winning Best Director in every category, in every award show that is coming in the near future. I think the the shift in tide in conversation has gone away from Martin Scorsese and Quentin Tarantino to the incredible foreign filmmaker that is Bong Joon-ho. He's done incredible work, and I think he's finally being recognized for a film that speaks to the times we live in now, to social classes, to, to, to a zany ending that you could see coming from a Quentin Tarantino movie. It's got everything you could want in a movie that I think movie lovers enjoy when going to the theaters, and I think Bong Joon-ho does an incredible job of that, and he deserves the recognition for, for that. So I think he wins Best Director for Parasite. Now, moving on to the final two categories now are the Best Picture winners and the Best Picture categories. And again, because of the Golden Globes, they divide it up between Best Picture in a Drama and Best Picture in a Musical or Comedy. No other awards show or body does this, only the Golden Globes. And it's really just because they want to get more films in there and they want to get more star power in on during their telecast to get more people's eyes on the award show. So we're going to go to musical or comedy right now, and the nominees for Best Picture in a Musical or Comedy are Dolomite Is My Name, Jojo Rabbit, Knives Out, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and Rocket Man. I think this is a fairly easy category to predict. I don't think there's any if and or buts about it. I love Knives Out. I think that's a very good comedy. Rocket Man is a great musical. Jojo Rabbit has its great moments. Dolomite is My Name is a very good comedy, but what Once Upon a Time in Hollywood does, it's not a musical. It has musical moments in there when you look at the beginning with what Leonardo DiCaprio does. It's got a, a musical moment in there, but it's a great comedy. It's, it's such a fun, entertaining ride that only Quentin Tarantino could bring. I remember in the summer, it was my favorite film in the summertime. It was a great summer flick. It, it just incorporated all those great flashback 1960 Hollywood vibes that I want to go back and watch every single time. They, it's great chemistry, great comedic moments between Brad Pitt and Leonardo DiCaprio. That scene in the trailer when Leo's having a breakdown and the the final 30 minutes of the movie, even though it's horrifying, it's fantastic and funny. It, it's just such a great comedy, and I think that is going to win this category for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. And I think they're going to want to get Quentin Tarantino up there and recognize him for his work, and I think because they're not going to recognize it, even though he's won three times for uh, for Best Screenplay, I think they're going to give it to Noah Baumbach, and I think they're going to give Best Director to Bong Joon, even though I think a dark horse could be Quentin Tarantino because he hasn't won a Best Director Golden Globe yet, but I think the tide is turning for Bong, so I think they're going to give it to Once Upon a Time in Hollywood and give it the recognition it deserves in this category. So Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is my winner for Best Picture Musical or Comedy. 
And now for the final award, the creme de la creme of the Golden Globes, it is Best Picture in a Drama. And the nominees for this final category are The Irishman, Marriage Story, 1917, Joker, and The Two Popes. Again, this is a category that there's been a lot of ups and downs. And I think a lot of people are, over the next few days, you're going to see a lot of changes. People saying it's going to be this film, but it could potentially be this film, and I wouldn't be surprised by it. I think The Two Popes, it's a great consideration to be nominated. I don't think it has a chance of winning. Same with 1917. Again, it comes down to three, I think. But with one of them on the outside looking in, I think the third one on the outside looking in is Marriage Story right now. I think Marriage Story is on the outside looking in, even though I think I wouldn't be surprised if it wins. It, it, ha- it still has a shot of winning. I think because of the human story that it is, it's, it's, even though it is very nuanced and very conventional and by the books, it's not very different. I think the, goal, the, the Hollywood Foreign Press could go for that. But I think this becomes a two-legged race, once again, between The Irishman and Joker, which is kind of funny because Todd Phillips drew a lot of inspiration for the Joker from Scorsese, and Scorsese had a little hand in Joker before he left to do The Irishman, so it would kind of be kind of ironic, the irony in it, that Irishman and Joker would duke it out for the, for the best picture drama. There's just some reason a lot of people just think that the Hollywood Foreign Press Association might just be going for Joker, and it could happen. I think Joker is my is one of my favorite films of the year. It's, it's my number three favorite film in 2019. It's, it's an incredible movie that speaks not just as a comic book film, but as just an incredible psychological character study of one person descending into madness. And I think that is something that is incredible and unconventional for a comic book film. But then you have the epic of Martin Scorsese in a mob movie with three of the greatest actors of our of all time with Robert De Niro, Joe Pesci, and Al Pacino. And I think being that it's a different, nuanced mob movie is something that the Hollywood Foreign Press Association could go for. But I think right now, if I'm a betting man, I have to go with The Irishman. I, it's, it might be the safest bet, or Marriage Story could be the safest bet too, but I just I don't want to put all my eggs in, in the Joker basket just yet. I, I feel like I'm, I'm even feel like I'm going on a, on some of a, what of a limb a little bit and putting Joaquin Phoenix as my favorite as my best actor for Joker, but I just think that he he's gonna he's gonna win it. But I just think Joker, if it has if it wins, then I was wrong and it it, it deserves it. I would not be shocked and I'd be happy to see it win. But I just think right now the momentum is an Irishman's favorite. And even when what happened last year with the Stars Born that that was a film that came out in October. And kind of let it, it, it had a big box office success, great critical acclaim, but just fizzled out. I don't think that's going to happen with The Irishman. I think The Irishman is here to stay for the long run. It's going to be a big player throughout award season as it has been since the minute that it was announced that this film was happening with all these creators, both in front of the camera and behind the camera. So I think Irishman is the one to look out for, with Joker being the runner up for best picture in a drama series. And guys, and that's going to be it for this edition of the Sam Basel Podcast. But first, before I even say that, what do you guys think of all these Golden Globe wins? What do you, Are you guys agreeing with me and what I think might win for best picture for the acting categories? Or do you think someone else is going to win? Someone that you think has a legit shot could upset everything that's going on here for this Golden Globe ceremony? Let me know what you think down below in the comment section and leave your thoughts and we'll find out everything on monday guys when i when, when i'm back on monday there'll be the thing that i talk about along with the box office it'll be a recap of what it means for the oscar nominations what it means for award season going forward 
So it's all going to be here on Monday. We'll, we'll have all our answers on who wins the Golden Globes come Monday morning. But guys, thank you so much for tuning into this edition of the Sam Bissell Podcast. Be sure to check out my channel for more amazing content. You can check it out on the one and only Ambiguous Network. Ambiguous Network has all the incredible things. You can check, well, first off, you can check me out on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Radio Public, SoundCloud, and much more. Also, make sure to tune in onto the Ambiguous Network, as I was saying before, and check out all the other amazing shows that are on there, such as You Mad Bro, the number one source to see what the internet is pissed off about on a weekly basis, and check out goal-driven professionals geared toward improving client relations, return on investment, and customer acquisition costs for independent businesses and services. You can check them out on their website, ambiguousproduction.com, also on Facebook and Twitter, at Real Ambiguous. And if you want to check out Canopy Treehouse, use the coupon code AMBIGUOUS. Also, make sure to follow me on social media on Twitter, at Bissell Samuel, that's B-U-S-S-E-L-L-S-A-M-U-E-L, and on Facebook, at Sam Bissell. Guys, thank you again so much, and enjoy the Golden Globes on Sunday. I'll be back here to talk about all the reactions and everything that happened from that night before, along with the box office weekend. So enjoy your weekend, enjoy the Golden Globes, enjoy your time out in the movies if you go out this weekend, and as always, keep on screening.